Welcome to the Aetolian Archives, your Queen's Thief reread podcast. We interrupt our regularly scheduled programming to bring you Return of the Thief. If you haven't read it and don't want to be spoiled for the entire book, don't listen. <laughs> also, we haven't discussed the book at all between the two of us until right now, so please note these are our original primal screams. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Noelle. It's October 18th, 2020. Okay, so oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my oh god. god. Oh my god. There were so many things that I would hit and think that is the first thing that I'm going to talk to Caitlin about. And then 10 <laughs> pages later, there would be another thing. Yeah. There was something in there that I, there were several things in there that I read and was like, Noelle called this. Noelle called this two years ago. Because <laughs> I felt like I was totally surprised by everything. Yeah, me too. So much of it. I someone I saw someone read a Return of the Thief bingo card before they read the book, and they haven't read it yet. So um, I don't. I don't think they know that they've hit as many spots as they had. But one of the spots just happened to be Irene has twins, and I was like, "What? Yes, <laughs> yeah. that was so good." This book delivered on my wildest dreams. It delivered. It missed, you know, and how? That's it. I could not have imagined that she would have checked off. Almost every single box. And and my expectations were, like, the first time I read Thick as Thieves, I thought, well, yeah, that was okay. And then it grew on me over time. So I thought I was going to have that experience again. But this, it, it was so rad. It was so good. I know we talked before about, like, we both wanted to lower our, ex- our expectations in advance, <laughs> just knowing how we felt about the past two or three books that the first time that we read them. But because it's so hard because you can't please everybody mm-hmm. and everybody has different things that they want to see so inevitably. But it took me a while to figure out that it was overlapping with Thickest Thieves. Yeah, I wasn't sure. It, I think I only realized that around, like, maybe the miscarriage scene or whatever. And there was no fucking volcano. <laughs> there was no volcano. I love that. That was... We have avoided the apocalypse, people. <laughs> That was one of the one of the impossible things on my list that I knew I wouldn't get is just I want the volcano fallout to be as good as possible under the circumstances. And here we are. There it is. Yeah, we just it didn't happen. I love that she put it on the cover anyway. That is the biggest plot twist in the whole book. It's on the cover. (laughs) (laughs) The world's biggest red herring. I mean, it's going to happen eventually, but it just it'll be fine. Yeah. I see in your notes so much of this book was a straight up good time. <laughs> and you are right. I am right, and I should say it. This was, it was fun. The dialogue was great. Yeah. It was funny. Just beautiful, beautiful character work. Mm-hmm. So much love and such emphasis on relationships. I loved that Ferris had a new view on Jen and that Jen kept changing. Ferris said somewhere in there, like, he flips back and forth between ruthlessness and compassion, and neither side is on top for very long. I feel like he got a lot more ruthless in this book, though. I feel like he, he went to new heights. He did. I thought back to the line from King of Atolia where Jen says that Ornon says that thieves don't have breaking points, they have flashpoints oh, like yeah. gunpowder. Yeah. He did not snap. He exploded. <laughs> Like a volcano. 
like a volcano. But not this he volcano. He summoned Caitlin. He summoned a bolt of lightning and killed a man. <laughs> and it's not even the climax of the novel. And then he sleeps for three days, which I thought was very relatable. <gasps> Imagine being one of those meads. Imagine being like the mead lieutenant. Imagine who's just there. Imagine being the the next person underneath all of those lieutenants who got killed. Like underneath, and who's, <laughs> is this my is this my deal now? Is this my problem? It's like in Star Wars when Darth Vader keeps killing the guy in charge <laughs> and appointing the guy next to him. I was disappointed a little bit at at you know all that war stuff that even when I guess the god you know came and possessed eugenides or whatever we didn't really get to see thief hijinks in action you know i assumed he would have some grand plan now that he's behind battle lines and like okay he killed the officers and uh set, set yeah, elephants it was, loose it was but... it was unheist like yes which i was you can just be unladylike you can be unheist like <laughs> i did like uh that we didn't see any of the battles I loved that. I hate reading battle scenes in war books. I don't read war books normally. It's really... What do you think? At its core, it's just a book of people standing around talking. Mm-hmm. And, and beating is... the shit out of Jen. That's it. <laughs> it's it's thrilling. Yeah, Jen gets knocked around like a ping pong ball in this book. And I feel like because he also summoned a bolt of lightning to kill a man, that it comes out even. But still. it's a, It's amazing that he is still standing only literally only through divine providence yes several times (laughs) i don't even know where to start i guess let's start with ferris because he's a new character and he's the perspective character it made me think of i claudius where there's a character with a visible disability who is thrown into this kind of court intrigue environment and he, I loved, I loved all the parallels between Ferris and Jen. Yeah. Both underestimated. Both, yeah. you know, did, really disliked by their family. Both of them had a grown man, older cousin, who they then had to kill. Like, it's pretty similar, you know? Yeah. Although I think, I think Ferris's guy that uh, lived, but. Did he? I don't know. I think I don't, he did. Yeah. I would have I, to come back and check. Yeah. It hasn't sunk in. So, yeah, some of the details have not quite congealed in my mind yet. But anyway, yes, you're right. Many similarities. Yeah, they, they both had that, like, formative traumatic experience that made them always wonder, like, am I someone who's going to go over the edge? I really liked Ferris. I was, I was, I was so disappointed uh, the week before the book came out, or however long, when I, when I found out. I didn't read the sample in advance um, because I've burned myself like that before, but I found out from the website that Ferris was the narrator, and I was really disappointed that it was, again, like some other new person we don't know, but Ferris grew on me very quickly. <laughs> I was very happy. Yeah. Especially since it's someone else who is in uh, constant contact with Jen, just like Costas was. But I think we got even more of Jen in this book than we did in King of Atolia. What do you think? Especially his emotional state, because it's mm-hmm. much more clear to the people around him. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that in um, 
at the book launch event that we both saw, Megan Whalen Turner talked about how she actually doesn't like first-person narration. I know. You know, his role here is first and, fo- first and foremost as a scribe, pretty much. Yeah. He opens it saying, you know, this is dedicated to Moira. I'm a recorder. I thought it was interesting how this was framed, too, in that little, you know, beginning page saying, I'm only going to write about events that either I saw happen or I knew at the time were happening because of, like, what people said or did. And then saying that uh, he comes back to his study and finds that little passages or insults or ink in the margins or something, which sounds like Jem. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a good, that could be a good explanation for why we get, you know, so many private Jen and Atolia scenes, you know, in their tent at night. Like, we know Ferris isn't there. <laughs> but I thought that was... He's a, got it from the source. Yeah, that was a good way to handle it. Because I read that at first and I was like, oh, no, we're not going to have any third person about people who he's not directly seeing. But it didn't work out like that. So that was good. Yeah. It was gay Christmas. Yeah. I think, I think... Uh, we, being the collective readership, were heard yeah. because suddenly there were so many gay people yeah, in the foreground and the background. What did you think about Kamet and Costas in this book, though? Because I... Tell me what you think first. I was bummed that they were barely in it, but I understand that if they had been in it more than it would have been 700 pages long uh but i do consider it confirmed okay good yeah i'm there was enough yeah i'm on the fence but i'm just gonna decide to not you know just accept it caitlin move on it's fine (laughs) costas's heart wouldn't be in his work if he stayed here she lets him go back like do you really think nahusers could get kamek killed without killing costas no yeah, when they finally get back, um, Ferris is watching them, and he immediately compares Costas to Tolaeus in his mind. Camet mm-hmm. was complaining about sleeping on the floor, and it wasn't the sheep he smells like. And and uh, Tolaeus and Relius are Irene's dads, and they love her. <laughs> you know, a million a million comparisons are made between Tolaeus and Relius and Costas and Camet in this book and other books. So they kiss on page. <laughs> There's a lesbian who writes terrible poetry in the background. Mm-hmm. Love her. There are two other women who are among the queen's attendants who it says, um, they both became famous, but for reasons unrelated to this account. Mm, um, you think that's gay? <laughs> I think I'm going to decide. <laughs> I'm going to make an executive decision about that one. They're in love and they did something cool. We get more about... Um... The person who betrayed Legaris two or three books ago was a man, was Baron Zorchius's son, maybe? All the stuff that we had been wondering about yeah. and that we were so worried was just gonna get left. Yeah. She really delivered on that, and I'm really, really, really pleased. The whole thing about Jen is maybe the bastard son of the previous king of Edis, oh and my everybody God, yeah. knew that apparently. But wasn't it? Wasn't it? I this section confused me, so you're gonna need to tell me what it was. But I thought it was, it was um, the queen of Edis and Jen's father, not Jen's mother and the king. Was that it? 
That's what I thought too, but then I went over it this morning with my friend Katie because uh-huh. we weren't talking about it yet. Uh, but I had to talk to somebody. I did about too, it. Noelle. It's okay. <laughs> and because I said, wasn't it ambiguous? And Katie was like, no, I felt it was pretty definite because it was that Helen's mother, mm-hmm. who was the queen, mm-hmm. was known to have preferred Jen's father. Okay. And so she is supposed to have had an affair with Jen's father. But then the rumors are about Jen's mother's revenge for that. Oh, fuck, yeah. And then it, yeah. Said, and then it said, it also said both Jen's father and uh, Helen's father were made sure to have the, the naming ceremony confirmed or, like, you know, taken care of properly in the temple. I didn't I understand what this was about. Way The only way that all the fallout from it makes sense is if the rumor is that Jen is the son of the king. Because they're so afraid of, is Jen going to have a claim to the throne? Okay. And it doesn't work if it's not that. Right. And whether that's actually what happened or not, I think is irrelevant because people believe that that's what happened. And so... Uh, apparently the Council of Edis voted to kill Jen because the King of Sunis said, if you don't marry me, I'm going to go find Hamiathus' gift and give it to Jen so he can become king because he's potentially already the king's son and the thief and then he's going to have way too much power for you people. That was crazy. What a recontextualization of the thief. Like, that's the only... Reason that he's on that quest in the first place is because Edith. the Minister of War is like, I have to get him out of Edis. I'm just in awe. I didn't think we could get any more, any more mileage out of what's already been, but every book it gets better. That was just crazy. Newsflash. Wow. It's been fucked up the entire <laughs> goddamn time. And also, okay, also, Adesians are covered in tattoos, and we're... <laughs> What? We learned so we much learned stuff about so Adesians much. in this book. It was great. I love that, you know, the in-universe reason for this is Ferris just notices more, maybe? You know, we we kind of knew all the gay stuff was happening in King of Atolia, but... Yeah, like, Ferris has no problem writing that down. Mm-hmm. Another another piece of information we get about the thief that puts the whole thing in perspective is that fight Jen had with his father right after his mother's death, about refusing to go into the guard was because he had just been forced to kill later by his mm-hmm. grandfather and didn't want to kill anymore. Or he said he didn't want to be ordered to kill unless he himself thought it was the right thing to do, whatever. God. What the hell? <laughs> I, had a, I had a thought. I think, I think we can confirm what age he was when the thief... Started maybe because of the short story. I just had this thought today. Um, the short story, Thief, where he jumps across the light well, whatever, and decides to become Thief. He's 10 years old. And it says in that story um, that the King of Edis is, the King of Edis was sick and both of his sons had just died. And we know that, mm-hmm. we know from Queen of Atolia that, um, he dies, like, pretty soon after. So that's when Helen would have become queen. And we know she's five years older than Jen, so she would have been 15. <sighs> and when I, where I'm going with this is in Queen of Atolia, when Jen is 
however years old, we learn that she's been on the throne for five years. So she's 20, and Jen has to be 15 in wow. Queen of Atolia. I think, I think that's what I'm going to go with here. Did we finally solve that mystery? Maybe I'm overconfident with all these new details, but I don't know, man. I can't pick a favorite moment. He knelt before her and put his head in her lap. He asked her to leave with him on their wedding he night. He asked her to leave with him. That, I can't wait to read King Vitolia again with that in mind. And his threat to the Brailing? It will be so. It will be so. It will be so. The boy is all grown up, and he knows the specific details of what's in the room. Yeah. I was going to say, I can't wait to find out, but I guess we're never going to find out, because this is the last book, and we might never get it again. No! I was going to say, I can't wait to find out what he does to the Continental Powers. Can you believe they didn't fucking come? That was a huge plot twist. And I, I loved the, they're not afraid of us, the Meads. They're afraid of you. It makes sense. He's right on their doorsteps. But also, that means that the Meads sent an army of 66,000 or 70,000 just for the little peninsula. <laughs> Which is also big, because in there it said, like, well, uh, the, continental, the continental powers are going to help us out because they know they wouldn't send that many people just for us. Sedinous redemption art. I liked it. And then immediately died from the sepsis. <laughs> That's a bummer. It was so much more Shakespearean than the other books. Like, with the battles and Jen walks unrecognized among his soldiers and the way that the the kings and queens are. It had a, it had a, like a particular tenor that I liked a lot. I loved that. Um, it, that just made me think of you know, she really said no to the Greek myth convention of you're gonna grow up and marry your mother, so I better kill you right now. He just says, like, nope, I'm not gonna believe this prophecy. <laughs> That's wrong. <laughs> he avoided the classic blunder, which is that you hear a prophecy and take it one way and then take action, but actually it was meant to be taken another way, and so your actions screwed the pooch. And he just chose not to interpret it. And wait until things became more clear. And it worked. It paid off. The only time he's ever done anything like that. Just settle (laughs) down and let things happen. Oh, Jen signing the Meads documents to abdicate. Like, that was worse than me thinking he was dead. Because I didn't believe Megan would really kill him. But I thought, like, you know, this... This feels real. But then it was so satisfying when he killed them all. I guess it's pretty clear Eugenides the god possessed him, face like an open grave, the shiver up Ferris's spine that he got in the temple, and Eugenides used the sign for tutor that Ferris made up himself but never taught really, so that has to be divine knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's so interesting that we're left with this question of, for the rest of that scene and getting back to camp... And, like, whatever else, the lightning bolt the next day or three days later, which part of it is the god and which part of it's him? Yeah, where, where does one end and the other begin? <laughs> and I'm waving my arms <laughs> And Helen and Irene could obviously see he was the god and talked about it. They 
who is he now? And Helen says he can, he can get, he can get by. A little possession's not gonna hurt anyone. Not <laughs> <laughs> hurt anybody. What's a little possession among friends? And they all loved each other so much. I know. It's just a book full of people who love each other. I feel like a lot we, of tenderness we, going we on. saw that. We saw much more of it than we ever got in previous books. Which I loved. And we got to know and like the attendants a lot more right mm-hmm. before they all got offed. So <laughs> thanks for that one. And the Minister of War, of course. Oh. <sighs> That moment, I mean, this is a this is a tiny detail that's probably best saved for our chapter by chapter discussions <laughs> that we'll eventually do. Do but it. Jen says that he saw the Minister of War fall, but he wasn't close enough to do anything. But when they're found, he's lying next to his father's body, which means that he fought his way across the fields mm-hmm. when the Minister of War was already dead or dying, mm-hmm. just to be with him. And and previously, as Another thing, thanks, Katie. When they had been described as fighting, they were always back to back and close to each other. I love how much we can, like, sometimes I feel like these books over-explain when they have moments where people are saying, and this is how you did it and why, Jen. But other times it just lets you infer, or even I wish it would explain some things more. But there's definitely stuff that I, I don't understand. Yeah. Definitely going to need, you know, 20 more years of rereading. <laughs> also, we, f- we so we found out who the goddess is in Queen of Atolia. We always wondered. That was Elida. Yes. All this was put together because Jen had a moment of compassion years ago when he was little and stole an earring for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I loved the speech where he was saying that he misses his hand, but also at this point, if he hadn't lost his hand, he would be a different person. And so wishing for his hand back would be wishing for himself to disappear and a stranger to be in his place. (gasps) That's how I feel. I love that as a disabled reader, like, I really see myself here. Mm -hmm. You know, Ferris included, like, chronic pain, whatever. As a disabled person, I couldn't have written it any better. And they have the babies now. And Helen's going to have the babies. Baby. The future king and the future thief. Yeah. My mom was a little bit worried that making the girl the thief was sexism. I don't know. I like it, though. I like it's, it. It's just the reverse of what we already have. I, I want to read that. Too. And it's going to be great because they're siblings. <laughs> uh, I am also a twin. A boy-girl boy, twin. <laughs> so... <laughs> Represent. Divine possession, lightning bolts. <laughs> Apostiosis, however you say that word. I I was kind of expecting more myths than just one myth. I wanted that I wanted the story of the potter and the prophet, but whatever. You know. Small yeah. small fish, that's fine. Not space for everything. Conspiracy only had two. They wouldn't they probably wouldn't have fit very well. This was the best experience could have had like 10,000 out of 10. Thank you, Megan. I love you. I'm so glad. I'm so glad she waited an extra year and a half to publish this. Can you imagine what this would have been like a year and a half ago? Take your time. Take your time forever. (laughs) I can't believe she doesn't outline. No wonder it takes her that long. I think this is my favorite one. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, this is my favorite one. This hands down. It's the best one. This is the best one. Hadesians with tattoos and the Minister of War and satirical plays and Ferris <laughs> and Relius and Tileus. Man, that really like when you go back and think about King of Atolia and how Relius is disgraced, Tileus is so furious and so betrayed. Oh, and we do get I guess we only get one myth, but we do get that nice poem Tileus wrote out for Relius. Yeah. We were not guaranteed to like it. I know. I know. I was so worried that we would not like it, but... It's a good goddamn book. That's our our preliminary babbling. (gasps) Next time we're going to get back to Conspiracy of Kings, and then eventually we will get up to this again and talk about it in more detail. Send us your comments, questions, thoughts... Chime in at atolianarchives.tumblr.com. Tell us what you thought of the book. Be blessed in your endeavors. It will be so. It will be so. It will be so. For listening this has been an amateur embroidery production find us on itunes stitcher google podcasts anywhere podcasts are available Excited. I'm too excited.